Hello, true crime best friends. Welcome back to Code 187. Um, and I'm Sarah, and this is Drew. What's up? And today we're going to talk about a really interesting, crazy case. So let's jump into it. All right. Again, I'm coming in cold to this case. I have no idea what she's about to talk to me about. I'm just here for the commentary. <laughs> Some of my content has mention of extreme violence, sexual assault, and or other triggering content. Discretion is advised. Okay, so today we're talking about Harley Dilly. What a name. Never heard of never heard of this case at all. <laughs> You've never heard this case, I am sure. And it's very, very interesting. Um, and I don't want to like give away too much. That's why in the intro I was like, I want to say crazy, but it's just can't give away anything and i want to but okay yeah it's better that way leave them in suspense yep leave them wondering okay so we start with 14 year old harley dilly he went missing in port clinton ohio on december 20th 2019 so this is more recent um before his disappearance harley was on social media a lot he posted many youtube videos playing games like madden I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I, I do. I don't know who that person is still, but... Do you talk to other people on Madden? That's one thing I didn't know. You can. Um, it kind of depends on what you're playing. But you can... If you're playing against somebody online, you can talk to them. Okay. So this led a lot of people wondering if someone targeted him. One person even noticed that he had posted his phone number online. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. Not good for this 14-year-old kid. Um, and I, like I said, I didn't know if you could post things or talk to people. But yeah. this was people going, okay, he posts a lot of YouTube videos. Was he talking to someone? Or did he let too much information slip? Right. What you know from that part, the YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, you, you run your YouTube channel. You know what communications you can get that way. So there's comments that way but then also in the game there's comments too so yeah not looking good for this kid so many wondered if harley also ran away the teen would sometimes stay with friends but it was unlike him to stay gone for a long time um harley was a special person and he was particular about a lot of things um he only ate certain foods which Reminded me of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and he was very concerned with being clean. He sometimes bathed four to five times a day, which is not normally like anybody that I know. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> you said that eating's like me, but the clean's not. And now I'm just kind of... <laughs> Like, well, well, that's a little excessive. Yeah, yeah, that's a little excessive. You're right. I just, uh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> hmm, picky eater, but clean. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he had friends and he liked to be around them, but he also liked to stay home and just be by himself. Um, police obtained some snapshots of Harley Dilly leaving his home to go to school on the morning of his disappearance. He was crossing the road headed to school at 6.08 a.m. This was the last time he was seen. 
He was last seen wearing a maroon puffy jacket, gray sweatpants, and black tennis shoes. This jacket was something that police and the family considered to be really identifiable um, because it's like maroon for one. Um, It's big and it seemed like it would maybe stick out to people. Right. Which, how, how crazy is it to think that he was literally just getting on the bus and there they got video of, or not video of him, he said, uh, what'd you say? It was snapshots. snapshots. It looked like it was from like a doorbell camera. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's just what I was thinking is crazy that you literally go as far from your house to the bus and there's cameras on you yeah. in, in our lives now. That's just how different 2019 is from say like cases that you've covered from the seventies and eighties. I mean, there's no, there's no footage at all when somebody disappears most of the time. Yeah. And what's very interesting about this was this was just him crossing the road, but mm-hmm. then literally nothing after that. Yeah. And so if you don't... think about the fact that he was just crossing the road, where did he go after that? Right. Yeah. I was going to say, so they, did they say, did I miss this part? Did they say if if uh, people saw him get on the bus? Like, if uh... As far as we know, he did not even get on the bus and make it. Okay, start. so nobody on the bus was like, oh yeah, I saw him on the bus. There's no witnesses for that part, I guess. Right, he kind of just walked across the street and then was gone. Gotcha. Um, and then he just never came home. So after waiting 24 hours, his family reported him missing. Um, there didn't say anything in my research about if they waited because they were told to wait by the police i don't think so i think they waited because it said he sometimes stayed with friends Mm -hmm. and maybe they thought he was gonna show back up well and i mean you can sometimes probably some people might assume i guess that you're supposed to wait this long before reporting someone missing too because i know there's Mm -hmm. There's certain rules on that, aren't there, that usually the police say you have to follow? Yeah, not anymore, really. I thought it was more for when you're over 18, though, right? Yes, when you're, like, if a kid goes missing, they really do say, like, Just right away, yeah. Yeah. Over 18, though, they're... Sometimes they will. You're your own person. You might just be doing whatever you want to do. Don't report it right away. Depending on the state, I'm sure, too. Yeah, what I found was super interesting, too, is the other day I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how when you, like, age out. So, like, if Harley did, you know, turn 18 Mm -hmm. and was still missing, that they would basically stop searching because he's over 18. And I'm like, that is messed up. Yeah, that's weird. That's, um... I wonder if that's state-wise. I think too. it's state. I think it's state by state. But yeah. that just blew my mind. Yeah, because that's crazy. I don't know why you would just call it off at that point or cut it back or what. Like, yeah, well, they're 18 now. They're on their own person. They can find their way back. Right. Because oh. there's been people kidnapped and held for years yeah. and still alive, you know? Um, Elizabeth Smart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she she wasn't 18 when she got free, though. I don't think, was she? No, I think she was still still, still underage when they let her yeah, go or okay. whatever. But. So, yeah, the community really came together to try to find him. Um, the police response was pretty good. Um, there was a huge reward put up for any information. Um, 
The police didn't have much, though. I mean, he was just disappeared. He just gone. Um, other than the kidnapping because of social media, some people pointed the finger at the family. There wasn't a lot to go on with this theory, but friends said that Harley would stay with them. And when he did, he would say things weren't good at home. Mm. Now, I don't know if this is Harley just saying like, I don't want to be at home. <laughs> right. Um, Cause kids do kind of phrase right. things differently. Um, and when you're a teenager, it, I mean, most of those teenage years, you're like, I don't want to be at my, <laughs> my parents' house. Right. The rules and the everything. Right. Um, but there was no evidence of child abuse or anything like that. But I think people just were trying to figure out what was happening um, because he just disappeared. And the more I think about it, it's interesting how close, like that's, that's the part that keeps sticking in my head is how close he was to his house, how close he was to the bus. I, I mean, I feel like it just had to be somebody that just, just drove up. I mean, I, and I don't know how nobody didn't see anything. Right. You are right on to where a lot of people are thinking, um, including the investigators. Um, but the holidays came and went and Harley still was not seen. Um, however, about a month later, on January 14th, 2020, the police decided they were going to check the boys' home and around the property and neighborhood at this time. They saw a huge clue. I'm kind of scared. The, the buildups <laughs> got me kind of scared. <laughs> so the police decided to check a vacant house across the street. The house was a vacation home and was abandoned in the winter. The house had been checked around the outside, but because it was locked up and no one, it was padlocked, no one could get inside. Police never entered because they thought there's no way anybody can get in um, <clears throat> until that day. So they went to check. Um, there was no sign of forced entry into the home. It was locked and deadbolted, but police started work walking the first floor. As they shone their lights throughout, they didn't see anything out of the ordinary. So the first thing I, I got to say on that, it, it's locked and deadbolted, mm -hmm. but uh, I guess, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm off. I was sitting there thinking, how did they do the deadbolt? But like, you can turn the key on the deadbolts. So never mind. I was sitting there thinking, how'd you do the deadbolt from the outside? But some of them you can do with the key, and some of them you have to do from inside. But disregard. <laughs> Went on a tangent in my head. I had to figure it out. <laughs> right. So then they slowly moved to the second floor. There they found a maroon coat and a pair of glasses. As you can remember, um, right. the maroon coat. There was no doubt these were the belongings of Harley Dilly. They were found next to the chimney. When the police officers looked up into the chimney, they found the body of Harley Dilly. Mm. The chimney was nine inches by 13 inches. Wow. Um, but for the small 100-pound boy, he was trapped. The medical examiner believes this was just a tragic accident. That Harley became trapped inside... Tragically, he suffocated before anyone knew he was missing. Because his lungs weren't able to expand and contract, he 
he died of suffocation in the chimney. The theory is that he was trying to get into the home by going down the chimney. He had stated that he wasn't feeling good that morning, but his parents made him go to school. So maybe he just wanted to like play hooky or something. Um, after he realized um, that he was stuck, he struggled to get his jacket and glasses loose. The police stated that they hadn't seen these items. Oh, if they hadn't seen these items, they probably wouldn't even know that he was in the chimney. Right. You wouldn't look for, when you're checking a house, you probably aren't checking the chimney like that. Right. So, <laughs> this is just a strange death case, after all. Um, after that, I mean, really, there's not much debate of what happened. There's a few people who believe maybe this was a police cover-up and all of this, but the majority of people online really believe that he just became stuck in the chimney and died. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You said he was about 100 pounds. I don't really know how big he would be, but like 9 by 13 is really, really a small. small space to fit into. Yeah. Especially with a jacket. Um, and, and maybe he had thrown the jacket down first. That's a good point, yeah. And his glasses, thinking I'm just going to shimmy my way down. Right. Um, it's so weird, it, It's also, you know, if you're going from up to down, mm -hmm. then you're going to have momentum. Like, you're going to, especially if he went part of the way in, he's going to drop a certain amount because of his weight and then probably get wedged in and not be able to go up or, or, up or down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Does it does seem like a, a strange death case? I mean, that the thing that's still odd to me though is he's close to he's close to his house. Mm -hmm. The doorbell cameras caught him for a little ways, mm -hmm. but nothing caught him climbing onto the roof of a house or no <laughs> right. on the bus or anybody saw, oh, hey, there's a kid climbing on a roof. Right. That's the only one, um, that's the only part of that that seems odd to me, but without actually knowing the layout, it's kind of hard to, you know, it's kind of hard to know how much further he had to go to the block no, or to the bus, not knowing how many doorbell cameras there were around him. There's so many, it could have just been nobody saw him do it. Right. So it was wild to me, this whole case, because yeah. I looked into it as his disappearance case and it just unfolded as something different than what I thought. Well, it, it tripped me up too, because that's not the kind of cases you usually do. Yep. Because <laughs> you normally, <laughs> um, you're big into the mystery side of things. And so when you look those up, it's usually... Um, there's, it's unsolved, or if it mm -hmm. is solved, there's question whether or not it was solved right. Right. This was more than likely, there's not a lot of, there's not too many other outcomes, I don't think. Right. Um, I mean, I, I don't see why there would be, I don't see why there would be a police cover-up cover and then also big rewards and a lot of police searching and mm -hmm. a lot of good police response. When they said that it was locked from, like, 
when at first I was like, did he try to get down a chimney of someone who had like gone to work right. <laughs> and then they didn't notice him being gone. Right. Um, since it was an abandoned house, he had to have known. Well, my first thought fact. too was you said it was a vacation house and I was mm-hmm. sitting there going, okay, so did they rent the house out to somebody that week and they kidnapped, kidnapped him after he got across the street and then the chimney thing? No. I, I had some crazy thoughts, though, where I was trying to figure out where I, where you're going with it, because you're like, he his body was in the chimney, and I was like, did he get he had kidnapped, and they put him in the chimney? <laughs> Who does that? Why? Right. <laughs> so, this sent me on the biggest, like, Google search crazy hole ever. Um, and I started <laughs> researching how many people have died getting stuck in chimneys. <laughs> um, how many of them were dressed in Santa suits, too? <laughs> right. Um, and there's actually been quite a few. Um, and I guess, like, chimney sweeps back in the day, there would be a lot of them getting stuck while they were cleaning and die. <laughs> I mean, I kind of get that, but why were you going in the <laughs> chimney to sweep? Like, there's no long right. sweeper pole thing. <laughs> I don't know what that'd be called, but I'm not a chimney expert. So when I was looking into it, I stumbled upon this other case. Okay. So it intrigued me so much that I got to tell you too today. Okay, so this is the <laughs> the second case. We're getting two for one. Two for one. And it's very similar, but then it's kind of not. All right. Um, and this is the case of Joshua Maddox. Now, I have seen Joshua's case come up before, but I have never really dived into it. Um, so, Joshua went missing on March 8th, 2008, after saying he was just going to go for a walk. He lived in Colorado Springs at the time. And this dude <laughs> seems like a super cool kid. <laughs> Like, someone you just want to be friends with. He had this, like, big, goofy smile. (laughs) I hate referring to it as goofy, but, like, he seemed so happy. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Right. And he had long hair, and he was a hippie. Um, He loved music and nature, and he just seems like a super cool teenager, you know? Yeah, sounds about... Kind of like me in college a little bit, <laughs> yeah. minus the nature part of it. Right. Someone you want to be friends with. So in 2006, um, Joshua experienced a big loss. His brother, Zachary, committed suicide. Mm. Um, they were very close, and this really took like a huge toll on the family and Joshua. Um, but no one expected that on March 8, 2008, a day before Joshua turned 18, that he would disappear. When Joshua didn't return from his walk, the family first tried to find him themselves. They called everyone they knew, friends, family. No one had seen him. After five days, the family reported him missing. It's a long time. Right. A lot of people really questioned this. And it ties into your 18 thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Right. Because he went missing a day before he turned 18, but when they reported him, it was after right. he had turned 18, right? Yep. Okay. So technically, he was now an adult. And there was no 
2008, I don't know if they did the Amber Alert stuff, but if they did, there would be no Amber Alert. Right. Um, and his family thought, okay, he's adventurous. He had this big loss. Maybe he just wanted to get away, mm-hmm. clear his head, travel. Um, so them not reporting him after five days, not good. Yeah. But it's also understandable, I think. Kind of, yeah. I, I, I guess I could see that, yeah. If it's something like he liked to go camping or something like that, and he would, you know, be gone for two or three days camping, and it was pretty trustable kid, yeah, I guess I could see that. And 18 is about the point where you can kind of, you're kind of an adult anyways, where you can go do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the police didn't put much time into looking for Joshua. Um, he was now an adult. They pretty much labeled him a runaway and moved on. They said he would come home if he wanted to. Okay, that that annoys me. Um, right. <laughs> so what annoys me about that is it's, police are always really quick to label something a runaway. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should have to have some form of like evidence to call it a runaway, I guess. Um, or what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, motive? Yeah, some yeah. motive for a runaway. Because so far, it doesn't sound like he had any reason to run away. He wasn't mm-hmm. fighting with his parents There's that we know of. Everything sounds like, you know, minus the tough time he's going through, everything else sounds like it's going okay. And mm-hmm. so they don't have any motive to think he ran away. So why, why would you just assume it's a runaway at that point? That, that's, that's something that kind of annoys me, I guess. Mm-hmm. There, there should be some motive or some evidence that you have to have that there's a runaway to call it that. Right. And I couldn't help but think when I was doing this of, like, if this was a young girl, would they have put more effort that's, yeah, that's possible. They um, automatically think abduction uh, when you think of a young teenager right, as a girl. Um, right. You don't think of it as much when they're boys, but history has shown that, it can that serial killers kidnap boys too, you know. Right. And yeah, that just goes back to the fact that certain things are reported on more than others too. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not widely reported, reported that that happens to boys, but it does. And should be covered more when it does, too. Yeah. So he was missing for seven years. Wow. Seven years. Um, And while they were doing construction on a house two blocks away, the mummified body of Joshua was found. While taking down the chimney, the body fell. Um, It was fully intact in the fetal position. Mm. Um, There was no signs of any other injuries to the body. When the medical examiner looked over the body, he found some horrific details into this death. Um, First, it was a slow death. Um, Maybe from hypothermia or even dehydration. Right. Um, He believed that Joshua tried to get down the chimney and got stuck. It was ruled a very unfortunate accident. But unlike our first story of Harley Dilly, There were a few things in Joshua's story that was off. So the position of Joshua was weird. Um, If he went down head first, why was he in the fetal position? 
And why would you go head first into a chimney to begin with? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the <clears throat> fetal position, that part I was thinking kind of ties in with the hypothermia a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. it was cold and he got into that position. But then you kind of think if you get into the fetal position. Why can't you get down the chimney? Why can't you straighten out? Yeah, and get down the chimney. Like, mm-hmm. how could you fit into the fetal position and then not straighten out and fit further down? Right. Um, it's just a weird way to get stuck yeah. um, inside a chimney. Um, also, apparently, Joshua was found with only a thermal shirt on. Mm. Okay, so he was pretty much naked from the waist down, just had a shirt on. Mm-hmm. The rest of his clothes were found in the cabin and folded neatly. Yeah, that's weird. That's definitely weird. Yeah. Um, lastly, there was steel rebar covering the chimney. The top? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was in place to keep animals or debris, leaves, whatever, from People. going down. Yeah, from going down the uh, chimney into the cabin, basically. Um, this was an old abandoned cabin. Um, someone had lived there in recent years, but hadn't in a while. At least the seven years that he was gone. Right. Um, so this just brings me to how did he even get down there in the first place? Or up there. Right. If he tried to go up, how is he face down in right. the fetal position? Um, there was no drugs at all in his system. Um, and the police theory, I'm sorry, I'm covering my mic. I was bad. Okay. <laughs> oh God, I even had a mic on. Um, the police theory was that he went into the cabin, took his clothes off, and then went outside, went up to the roof and squeezed half naked through the rebar and then head first into the chimney. And he got stuck and died. I mean, so I don't... With no drugs in his system, which if he maybe had drugs, it maybe... I don't really have... I don't know. I don't really have a good theory that comes to mind. (laughs) So I feel bad saying that that's just a crazy... But that's a crazy theory. It is. I mean, and with the rebar on the top. Like, Mm -hmm. are they saying he squeezed through the rebar? That shouldn't be... Naked. Naked, yeah. In in my research, there was an article, and I I will post it below because I always post all my articles, but the guy said, why would this guy try to squeeze the rebar with his beep out? (laughs) That's a very sensitive place. I feel feel messed up saying this, but I mean, as a guy, it came to my mind too, because that would not feel good going down the chimney either. Right. With all that, you know. And what would be his reasoning for being half naked? Right. In the first place. It just doesn't make sense. But him going up the chimney doesn't make sense either because, like you said, he's facing down. Maybe. Did he try to get out and try to get out and then somehow turned around? Yeah, possibly. But like if you can turn around in a chimney, then you can probably. Get the rest of the way down. Um, maybe Dude. he got stuck turning around. Maybe. maybe he was climbing up this way and then tried to turn around, and that's how he ended up in the fetal position as he was trying to turn. Right. Uh, what's interesting to me was 
how do we know exactly what position he was in? Because they said that they were basically doing construction and the mummified body mm. fell. Yeah, that's true. Um, was this like, and I don't know why he would be in the fetal position going up either. But the only thing I could think there is the hypothermia. They got cold, and but I still would think that he would, if he could get in the fetal position, he'd be able to move more. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe the skeleton after it lost weight, it moved in the right. chimney. Which I mean, isn't uh, this is getting really dark and morbid? Um, <laughs> right on um, for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that a thing when you? Um, the rigor mortis doesn't that uh or maybe not maybe i'm not thinking of rigor mortis i'm thinking of when you're like in a coma and stuff like that i think i think your body kind of does that naturally like curls up into the fetal position doesn't it it might yeah uh Um, it'd be a natural way to kind of protect itself yeah i thought there's i don't know somebody looked that up and let us know i guess or or don't i don't know if you want that in your search history (laughs) She right. can look it I up. Don't. Her search history is messed up. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so, I mean, a lot of people are like, okay, this this one's weird, um, yeah, which it is. it is. And the folded clothes. I mean, yeah. if he if he did it, that's the only way the clothes are folded up out there. Mm-hmm. And they were inside the cabin. Right. So, and so he had to have been in the cabin before he went out to get in the chimney. There's no way he went out and into the chimney in my mind because of the rebar over the. Uh-huh. If it's meant to keep animals out, a human's not fitting through it of right. any size right. because most animals can kind of squeeze through that stuff. Mm-hmm. They can kind of shrink their body down. Yep. Um, there was also a man going around town saying that he killed a long-haired hippie kid. Not great. Find that guy. <laughs> Not a great look. Um, and yeah. this guy had killed other people too. So, but but by all means, let's not investigate <laughs> <laughs> and look for that guy. <laughs> let's not at all suspect him for seven years. Right. Um, and there's there. I mean, he's a good suspect, but like they don't have anything. Technically. But that's because they weren't looking. <laughs> they, they basically were like, bad. I know, but I mean, they're just like, he's an adult, run away. Right. We're, I mean, by the time they actually start looking, and that's with the, and I'm not blaming the parents on this, but with the five day delay, there's already, it's already past the first 48 hours. Right. And then, you have them delaying things, mm-hmm. not researching, thinking he's a 18-year-old runaway, and kind of closing the case. Yep. If they're, by the time they might have said, okay, well, maybe he's not a runaway, because we haven't seen him for however long. Mm-hmm. There's, how much evidence is gone at that point? It, right. It's got to be almost all of it. Yeah. And if you if you think about it, like, I know that... Families are going to get turned away by police by saying like, oh, my kid's been missing two hours, you Mm -hmm. know. But if you think about it in both of these cases, there was a small window of hesitation. Um, And I'm not blaming at all. Right. But I'm saying that this is lesson learned because these boys were probably both in there going anyone going to find me. Yeah. It it kind of gets into that discussion of, 
being like a helicopter parent and not be like right. how how much is good mm-hmm. um you know letting your kid be a kid and how much is being super overprotective because you're worried your kid's going to get stuck in a chimney somewhere right like <laughs> Which I'm the second one. <laughs> I, I am too. I am too. But I, it's hard to blame those that are kind of like, okay, we've got to let our kids be kids. I mean, that's mm-hmm. good too, that having that freedom. There's there's a happy medium somewhere in there. And it's, it's kind of hard to judge, I guess, is what I was thinking. Right. Uh, Tell your so, children to stay out of chimneys. Yeah, like, I was going to say that. Don't go into a chimney ever. I think that's <laughs> one of the biggest lessons learned of all this is just stay away from chimneys. Yeah. We don't really absolutely. need them that much anymore unless you're, you know, <laughs> unless you live in a really cold climate, I guess, and you could run out of heat. Yep. Um. So, yeah, this one, it, it did frustrate me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> more than anything, just that I didn't. Uh, so what uh, here's an interesting discussion i have for you with this though okay if something like that happens where you do get turned away what do you think is the right path to kind of raise the like even if you say in that situation the kid's been missing five days you're sure the kid's missing and not a runaway Mm-hmm. What do you do when they turn you away and say he's a runaway? What do you do then to get people to care about the situation? Um, I think mostly is try to gather enough evidence on your side. So by saying they left their medication, they mm-hmm. left their cell phone, they left their makeup if it's a girl. The cops are going to go, is a 14-year-old girl going to leave her makeup, her cell phone? Those you are great know? points. Um yeah. So by saying like, okay, my kid's missing, didn't take any other stuff, that's going to tip them off. Um, if your kid has any kind of social delay, anything like that, mm-hmm. um, that's going to raise alarm bells for the police. Um, don't make that up, but I'm just saying yeah. um, it's another thing. Things, um, things that you can give them to... Right. To pay attention. Right. Um, but be the squeaky wheel yeah i've heard this on so many podcasts um the more you talk the more they're going to want to get you to shut up so the more they're going to do um the squeaky wheel gets the oil yeah (laughs) go to news stations go to the police day after day after day hour after hour stand there and say you're going to find my kid that's what i would do in that situation and that's that's actually so the things you said at first i hadn't even thought of so those are great points kind of the end of that is where i was going with it in my mind is just just raise hell just tell everybody who will listen news Mm -hmm. stations you know um internet true crime blogs if you know some in the area start you know bringing it up to them um Mm -hmm. because they're starting to pop up everywhere now and we've kind of said we're we're here in the midwest area and Mm -hmm. you've tried to uh, mention a lot of cases that are out there where somebody goes missing at the time of somebody that goes missing, mm-hmm. but you can only do that when you get it reported to you. Right. And so I, I would say anybody who would listen, who will get your word out there to more people, the better. Mm-hmm. Cause the more people who know and the more people are looking, the better chance something, something happens. Right. And again, not, not blaming the parents. It's just more, we have the luxury of where 
sitting here discussing it, those parents probably didn't sit there and discuss. They probably never right. thought that would happen. Yep. Um, so we're, we're discussing it as part of a podcast. So we're already thinking about it. Whereas people in this situation probably never had this thought at any point in their life. Yep. And I, I will say this to teenagers, you know, like, if there's any listening to this podcast, don't know why you are, but hello. Um, <laughs> I would say this, like, always come forward with information and to parents have an open conversation and line of communication with your kid because they know more than you do all the time. You know, you're going to tell your best friend, Stacy that you met a guy online way before you're going to tell your mom. Um, those are going to be... And, and you can sit Stacy down and say, like, you're not going to get in trouble. We just have to find a right. friend. You know, like, there just needs to be some communication in that area. And them not getting in trouble for it, but being able to help help the situation, I guess. This is going to sound bad, but how many times did we say that, like, like I would be able to know where you're at before your parents were sometimes? Oh, yeah. Because we just we knew each other so well and there were so comfortable with each other that we'd talk to each other about things that we probably hadn't talked to our parents about. Mm -hmm. And so if anything like that had ever went on, thankfully it never did, then I would be reaching out to your parents. Like I would be like, Hey, so this is literally everything I know right. about what we'd last talked about. But if you said, but you know, like 13 year old girl down and you say your friend's missing you. Have to right. tell, and she's like, I did pot one time or so, you know, like she's <laughs> right. terrified. Like. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's me <laughs> as an adult um, yeah. thinking that way. But yeah, as a teenager, you definitely should, should feel comfortable doing that too. And as yeah. parents, you should make your kids feel comfortable to that. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to want to talk to cops. Yeah. You know, but you have to. And you Especially have to if they out. think the other person might have been up to something bad because then they feel like they're kind of ratting that person out. But right. But it can save a life. Yeah, if somebody's missing, though, that's you gotta you gotta do it. Yep. It's it's the only way that something's gonna get figured out. Because they might just be stuck in a chimney and yeah. need help. No, <laughs> and that's it. That was awful. That that broke my heart when you were saying that part because I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, how terrible would that be? That long of a period of time, mm -hmm. and to just sit there and and hope. I mean. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yep. So I wish everybody well, except for chimneys. <laughs> um, stay away from chimneys for the love of God. Yeah, they're, they're more dangerous, apparently, than you thought. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also, um, please, please stop labeling stuff as run away. Yeah. Unless you have evidence that supports that. If you have evidence that they got in a fight with their parents and they probably ran away, all right, I get it. You know, that it's still not great. Still still need to find that person, but I get that you have evidence pointing that and maybe they do and we just didn't find it. But Yeah. Look, please. <laughs> <laughs> look in chimneys. Yes, look everywhere. <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys next time. Later. Bye. Hi guys, I just wanted to say I hope you enjoyed this video. If you like any of the content for Code 187, 
please click that subscribe button, that like button, that share button. Help us out, help us grow. Um, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. Um, yeah, check us out on there. Give us some ratings. Um, tell us what you think. We're also across every social media on Code187. So we're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I think that's it. Um, and of course, YouTube. So please, please, please subscribe um, if you like our content and spread the word. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.